Let's welcome in our panel. I want to talk all about the semiconductors. Jason Ware is with us, partner, CIO at Albion Financial Group, and Chris Johnson, CEO at Johnson Research Group. Thank you both for being with us. So you have certain people who are investing, like me Schneider, who was just on with us, and she seems to be much more comfortable with utilities and staples, and staying away from this group, which, I mean, has sold off, but there could be discounts, Jason, you're saying. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, hi, Nicole, good to be with you. So I think the uh, Mitch Schneider's analysis uh, on semiconductors from your last segment perfectly highlights the misunderstanding on Wall Street. And that is that the semiconductor space is still cyclical. That was true for, a, for the decades prior to, let's call it 2010, 2015, because so much of the semiconductor space did boom and bust on commodity type chips. Um, and we saw a lot of oversupply that would come in just at the wrong time before the economy took a downturn. I think a lot of that is being factored in to these lower valuations within the semiconductor space and indeed the 25% drawdown year to date in the Phillies, uh, the, the Philly uh, Semiconductor Index. But the reality is that this is a business that is much more secular now. And it's secular because we have a number of strong tailwinds coming from cloud, enterprise storage, data center, mobile, uh, the internet of things, automobiles, you name it, AI, this is driving uh, global semiconductor growth in a way that was not true in the prior decades. In fact, as we look out over the next 10 years, our expectation is that we will see global semiconductor growth writ large in the high single digits uh, type growth rate. So there are companies within that, um, uh, within that space you can own that are growing faster than that, whether it's a Qualcomm, whether it's a, an applied materials and semiconductor equipment or an Avago, which is Broadcom that we like for investors. Right. And, you know, I don't know whether or not Mish really called it cyclicals or anything, but I think that I understand the premise that some people would view semis more as cyclicals rather than um, seeing them for secular growth that they could provide. That being said, another reason to stay away from the semis may be, Chris, you tell me, um, the rising rate environment. Some people would call that a headwind for this group and technology overall. Yeah, absolutely. Technology overall. And I'd, I'll, I'll bow down to Jason a little bit here and say that they still do act like cyclicals. There's, you know, if you're familiar with the Dow theory, which everybody is, it used to be the transports that you watched here for that tip of the economic cycle. Now it has turned into a little bit of the semiconductor sector. And, you know, everything out there, I was bullish on the semiconductor sector in November, December. Actually, I was on with you last, Nicole, talking about them. But things have changed here. And when you look at a commoditized group like semiconductors, Jason's right. Most of these are still going to have uses. There are new uses out there. Look at the solar use right now. When we look at clean energy, that is a whole new area that semiconductors are being utilized. And ironically, there are four companies in the XSD right now that are trading above their 50-day moving average. All four of them have something to do with the solar industry. So right now you can pick and choose in the semiconductor group, but I think you have to look at the group as a whole as one that is waning and leading the market down. And some of those names, NVIDIA, Intel, uh, Broadcom, and even Marvell are at the top of the list right now that I think investors should be watching for another 20 to 30% downside over the next six to eight months. Wow, that's tough. So you're seeing There's some your big downside. Yeah. So there, yeah. So this is really interesting because you both are here to cover the same topic, but don't necessarily view them in the same way. Um, Jason, you know, there was a time I remember saying the sentence, you know, as the semis go, so goes the market. Um, you know, the market was really following what the semis were doing. I don't know if that's necessarily the case right now today, but you actually have some names you do like, like Broadcom and Qualcomm and AMAT. Tell me, Jason, why do you like those names? 
Yeah, so I mean, it, it was said for a long time that semiconductors were the new oil, and I think there's a lot to be said for that in the 21st century economy. But as we look at uh, within the space of the semiconductor group, you know, there are names that you can own. You, know, you, you noted the Broadcom uh, investment that that we are hot on. I mean, if you look at the, this is a well diversified chip maker, and if you look at their end markets, they're leveraged to all the things that still have secular growth. And by the way, we're probably only in the fourth or fifth inning in a lot of these secular growth markets. Again, cloud. AI, probably in the first or second inning on AI, uh, set-top boxes, Wi-Fi, you name it. These are things that are, it's basically like a new economy, work-from-home type company because all of their end markets are seeing uh, that type of 21st century dynamic that are driving those higher. And just look at their earnings over the last few quarters. I mean, they continue to bring in you know some really solid operating numbers. Um, you know, we look at applied materials. Look at the, look at the spend, the fixed investment spend from the top chip manufacturers globally, whether it's TSMC, whether it's Samsung, uh, you name it, uh, these businesses are putting in hundreds of billions of dollars over the next three to five years to build new capacity because the market is so tight. Where do you think they're gonna go to fill those factories? It's gonna be applied materials, it's gonna be KLAC. These companies operate in a really you know, consolidated market, three or four main players, applied materials being the number one or number two in most of those spaces. So these are, Stocks that are trading at 12 to 15 times earnings, mind you, as well. So it's hard for us to see another 20 to 30 percent drawdown. I guess it could happen if things get really bearish, but valuations are already still right. very low on companies that are growing in mid to upper teens growth rates for the last five years and should continue to. All right. So, Chris, uh, Jason's singing a little different song than you were. Was it easier, Chris, for you to find names that you see going to the downside? You mentioned uh, Marvell. Um, rather than finding winners that fundamentally we're going to be using, whether, you know, using chips for 5G and Internet things and all things computers and, and such. Chris? Right. I do think the target rich environment is going to be on those companies that have the uh, larger downside right now. And you look at the top of the list of where the analysts have been making their recommendation. NVIDIA, Marvell. Those are the two most heavily recommended stocks right now in the sector. When you look at the price targets, they're still 40 to 50% above current prices. You can see a lot of adjustments right now. Sentiment in this sector, and we haven't brought up the sentiment trade here. Sentiment in this, in this sector is very heated, very optimistic. And yeah, as the market starts to turn and we get a little more bearish, financials start to lead down, transports follow. I think you need to watch for the downgrades. We saw a crack right uh, this week with NVIDIA um, getting a downgrade. Yeah. A few more of those, and you're going to see this sector start to tumble a little bit lower. It'll turn into buying opportunities, and Jason's right. Long term, you still want to be in the semis, but over short term, next quarter, I think there are much better right. out there to buy. Thank you both. I like that. I feel like our constructive conversation here was very useful and helpful to everybody. Thank you both, Jason and Chris, right? I'm coming from the other sides of the game here. I like it. Jason Ware and Chris Johnson. Thank you.